MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 17th, 2019. Today, the Manhattan District Attorney subpoenas eight years of Trump's tax returns, a House committee investigates the Transportation Secretary, Mnuchin's ties to Epstein, and Milo is snubbed by the furries. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Mandy Reeder. Hello. Welcome. Um, wow, Seattle was awesome. I, I know we talked about this on yesterday's Beans, but I'm still... It's all still sinking in how mm-hmm. awesome everybody was. It was and, a really amazing weekend. Yep. And we're joined today by Mandy, uh, who was on stage with us at Seattle, because Jalisa is on a little bit of a vacation. So she is taking some self-care, treat-yourself time. So we support that. Hanging out in Seattle. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's just so neat there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that is what's going on today. Those You heard the intro. There's a lot of news. And... Um, I don't know how how was your night? You did you get enough rest? I I, f- I slept for twelve hours last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. I was so fucking tired. I haven't showered in like three days, which is irrelevant, I guess, to how I'm doing today. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty tired. I slept really well. Same. Yeah, that was it. That was a nice trip. I really i i I may have had one too many Seattle light beers. Mm. Um, they were very good though, uh, and I didn't get to try a Seattle dog. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I meant to, but I think we just ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're serious about those dogs. They score the hot dogs. Oh. Like some fancy Michelin star restaurant. They're fucking scoring it, dude. When nice. they like make the little preemptive cuts. Yeah. Well, they, you know? I feel like they're juicier that oh, way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, like cream cheese on uh-huh. the inside of the bun that I had never seen before. And mm-hmm. that was like really hardcore delicious at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and mayo, yes, I think was. they put that on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other toppings I think are negotiable, but I think mm-hmm. that the cream cheese is the essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't even give me a choice. He was like, you're going to like it. <laughs> I did. I remember that. We had no choice. Um, anyway, that, you know, super fun times. Thanks for everyone who, to everyone who came out to that. We really, really enjoyed meeting you. So we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. So the big story today is the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, led by Cy Vance and his subpoena of Trump's tax returns. Um, is going down. And as we know, the Manhattan DA has been investigating the hush money payments made by Michael Cohen, who was reimbursed by the Trump organization, possibly illegally. And just uh, weeks after Cohen signed a proffer deal with the DA, they're now looking into whether any New York state laws have been broken in the payment, the repayment of Cohen by the Trump organization. Um, and if that violates business falsification record laws, you know. And, and this is big news because it, it is now we can say that the president is under investigation um, p- for potential felony crimes in the state of New York and could be subject to an indictment. Uh, and unlike the broader fight to get the president's tax returns in Congress, uh, this is a grand jury subpoena. So it's uh, it's like a more official proceeding. And it's a secret proceeding. So if Mazars does comply, the records will not become public. We won't mm. get to see these. Um, but I expect Trump to try to block this, which would move it into the state courts. This doesn't go up to the federal court system. 
so it wouldn't get a chance to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, and because this is more of a traditional investigation under the secrecy of the grand jury, it could move a lot faster than the broader congressional subpoenas to get the documents from Mazars. So the taxes uh, will be turned over, and the president is not protected from indictment by a district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. And Tish James runs all those offices. So I think that this is, you know, you, you, a lot of people are tweeting as like Cy Vance is, is a dirtbag because he, you know, got... There was a donation made to his campaign by somebody who was friends with Ivanka and uh, Don Jr. when they were about to be indicted for fraud, when they would like lie about how many condos they'd sold in, in, I think, Soho. It might have been Soho to get people to buy them. Uh, when they hadn't oh, really yeah. sold any. Do you yeah. remember that case? Like inflating their desirability. Yes. <clears throat> and that's falsification of business records. But uh, charges weren't brought in that case. And people seem to connect that to the fact that somebody associated with the Trump organization had made a, a large donation to his campaign. But you know, we just I want everybody to keep in mind that this is these are Tish James district attorney's offices. And so, you know, that it's different. And it's not going to go up to SCOTUS. And it's a grand jury uh, subpoena, so it's it's got more teeth than, than the broader congressional. Because when you know when the the Congress is is trying to get the Mazar's tax information, um, it's not a legitimate legal argument. But but Trump can argue that they would be it would be hurtful to him, harmful to him and his organization if his if his financial documents were to be leaked, which is more likely. Let's face it, if the Congress has it than it would be if a grand jury got him. Mm -hmm. Can he really say, when you say him and his organization, you're talking the Trump org, right? Can he really say that he would care at all then if he's supposed to be so far removed from it? Yeah, but he never divested. And so so there's the rub in the argument itself to be like, no, I'm not divested from my business and therefore it would be harmful to me Mm -hmm. when the norm is that you would divest. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems like either way he would have to incriminate himself in some way and maybe incriminate is the wrong word because unfortunately he probably wouldn't get charged or right. for anything. But right. But he's doing something wrong in either case. Right. Ethically. Yeah. Ethically, it's wrong. Yeah. So. What could possibly happen if he was indicted by a state DA? That I don't know. I don't think a state DA or, or a, a, um, a state attorney's general office has ever indicted a sitting president. I could be wrong on that, but not at least in my lifetime mm-hmm. that I know about. Um, but I, who, I don't know. Part of me wonders if if they actually move to in- indict him, that would sort of be almost a fourth the theatrics of it kind of thing. Otherwise, I would think they would just settle if it's something that has to do with, with like money, right? Because this would be a st- wait. Oh, no. Well, you'd have to it do a be, plea deal because it's a criminal right, case. Right. I was just going to say, no, yeah. it'd be a criminal case. Mm-hmm. Even though if it were a civil suit, yeah, you it's could just settle. about money. Mm-hmm. It's still criminal. Yeah. So you can't. Yeah. Because they're not held back by the same memo that the OLC, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, the Office of Legal Counsel memo uh, at the Department of Justice is only oversees the federal courts, mm-hmm. uh, and these are state courts. So, And even, like I said, if Trump tries to block it somehow, it's not going to be under Barr's federal court. Um, so the DOJ might file an amicus brief, but it would it, it's that's a federal court, and this is a state court, and, and New York state courts are packed with liberals. So. But can he pardon himself? Not from a state crime. God, and if they can get him on like tax evasion or something, which at this point I just assume all white collar people could be yeah. brought up on like yeah. tax evasion charges. <laughs> no, but the, you're right. You're absolutely right. This there's nothing governing them from stopping them from indicting. There are rumors out there that Trump could make a deal to hand because you can do this. They did it with Agnew. Um, I don't know if it was the. Um, 
U.S. I think it was the U.S. Attorney's Office and not a state court, though. Uh, and they had made a deal with Agnew where you give us your resignation, we won't indict you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And that... I uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course... He would never face charges. Right. Also, if they didn't go through with an indictment, he would be missing out on a huge personal opportunity to just beg for support and love mm. from his insane base. That's and I true. feel like he wouldn't want to pass that up. No, the sympathy vote is right. is big there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also today, we're learning that the House Oversight Committee, led by Elijah Cummings, launched an investigation into Trump's transportation secretary and Moscow Mitch's wife, Elaine Chow, into whether she's using her office to benefit herself and her family. Spoiler alert, she is. Uh, this investigation comes, those are beans, this investigation comes on the tail uh, of a series of public reports alleging that Chow used her position in the Trump administration to boost her dad's shipping company called Foremost. Um, Cummings and Krishnamurthy penned a letter to Chow requesting documents saying, quote, the committee is examining your misstatements of fact, your actions that may have benefited the company in which you continue to hold shares, and your compliance with ethics and financial disclosure requirements. Um, Her dad's company has received hundreds of millions in uh, loans from a Chinese bank, and Chow's public appearances and plans to travel to China to meet with government officials with her dad since becoming the transportation secretary are what tipped off the House Dems. Hmm. So Chow has until September 30th to comply. When I think about transportation, I don't think boats. I'm thinking more like cars, trains, public transit. I don't. I don't think I have a very familiar understanding of like what she oversees exactly. Oh yeah, what the what like what all is under the Depar- Department of Transportation? Yeah. Well, it's not NOAA. We know right. <laughs> we know that that's in the Department <laughs> of Commerce. But yeah. if he, but you know, if Nixon hated the Department of Commerce Secretary because he opposed the Vietnam War, it could have ended up in in transportation. Um, but yeah, I think that that's more in international and commerce mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, what you're talking about. About. I, I'll have to look it up and read exactly what you know is in the purview of, right. of her control. Yeah, because transportation to me seems like it's something that relates to like citizens within the U.S. That's what I think of when I think of transportation. Mm-hmm. Anything else seems like it would be more trade, but yeah. Know. But even if you know, even if her dad's company wasn't in you know falling underneath the purview of what the transportation secretary oversees using your position in the government right. to benefit your family. Right, right, right. That's true. And that is, there are domestic emoluments, yeah. um, we found out. So that was a correction from yesterday or from the weekend, I think. Like someone can be penalized for domestic gains that they're getting? Yes. Yeah. So there are foreign emoluments and domestic right. emoluments. I thought I heard that on the TV once, but I don't know who to trust anymore. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's true. <laughs> Yeah, correct us if we're wrong. You hit up corrections at, um, what is it, uh, dailybeanspod.com and go to the contact section and select corrections. Send them to us and we'll make sure we correct them on Mueller, she wrote, on a weekly basis. Um, so, yeah, her dad's company, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in loans from a Chinese bank. And that could have been you know, for China getting access to Trump through her or to Mitch McConnell through her, you know, because mm. that's her, that's his wife. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on with that. Pretty shady. Sketch or not, totally sketch. Yeah. Hmm. Super not shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know, so. especially with a Mitch association. <laughs> it's just so unbelievable that any one of these things is would take down a president any other time. One of these stories, we report 20 stories a day, and any one of them had Obama done it or had Bush done it or Clinton done it, and I'm not just talking Democrats, I'm talking any previous president, 
Um, yeah, like we always say, Jimmy Carter sold his peanut farm so he could be president. You yeah. Know? But yeah, but then, so we're talking about this like this, right? And then at some point, it just seems to get, it 100% gets lost in all of the other stories. And then next thing you know, like I, I this reminds me of something like Halliburton, right? Where that's like a huge scandal that people were talking about, but now there are movies about it. And I wish that it could be something that had a th- more of a through line through the media, but since there are so many stories, you can't even focus on these things that require the attention of pretty much like all of this, all citizens, but it's impossible and it sucks because it just slips through the crack. Yeah. I also feel like, uh, like chaos is really the strategy. Like mm-hmm. obviously this has been talked about before, but when I see how chaotic things are, it really just makes me realize that Putin's hands are kind of all over like the Trump administration because it's like he's taking tips from Russia on how to like execute chaos so that everyone's overwhelmed all the time. And if you know anything about Putin and like his political strategy, like chaos is his strategy. And that's like exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he his his whole cabinet is temporary. And mm-hmm. that's how Trump's running his government now with mm-hmm. everybody, you know, all the acting fuck faces. So God, can you imagine if Mitch McConnell ran for president and then his wife did eight years later or <laughs> whatever? Ugh. That'd be so terrifying. Pass. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh I'll be voting no oh, on that. Oh God. Thank you very much. Yeah. The 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 prospects are terrible. We talked about this at the live show over the weekend too. Like where do they find how do you even find somebody who's not a pedophile or a rapist or a misogynist or a racist is find somebody who hasn't done blackface and That's I know true. we have had a democratic governor who's done that too yeah at least Mitch McConnell is just a piece of shit yeah <laughs> at least that's it and none of those other things have come out about him so far yeah actually they have I can't remember what the story was yet but it's some messed up racial shit that he did aside yeah. from just existing as he does currently walking around time when he's general racist. racism yeah there's a more like pointed instance I'm trying yeah, to remember his acute racism yes exactly versus generalized mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah these other GOP people they just like bake it in you know yeah like a nice souffle of racism that mm. just rises over time <laughs> and before you know it it's just <laughs> too much just boils over fucks up the whole oven <laughs> and it's not a self-cleaning oven no it is not that's why we have to vote <laughs> alright we'll be right back after these messages we'll be right back hey it's AG from the Daily Beans and I'm here to talk about the fact that we're a nation of immigrants and it's our diversity that makes us strong I know we've heard this a lot but it's very important to me we're the great melting pot um, one of my history teachers said we're like a mixing bowl um, and we are comprised of millions of family origin stories. And, and that made me curious about my family's journey and our origin story, which led me to Ancestry DNA. And Ancestry DNA gives, gives me <clears throat> so much more than the places that my ancestors come from. It gives you a deeper understanding of who you are and how your family fits into the story of America. And Ancestry's data archives and record collections give you a more complete picture so you can trace your ancestors over time. And it's really easy and user-friendly. Their interface is incredible. Uh, I took the test and found out that my family comes mostly from the Netherlands. Uh, we're Dutch. Uh, we, we landed here in the 1600s. Um, but more importantly, I was able to trace the people and find out when and how they arrived and the you know achieved their American dream. 
um, that many of them set up for themselves after they got here. And it's about understanding our responsibility to others. And then unless we're indigenous, we're all immigrants. And we should celebrate everyone's origin story because that, I think, is what makes America great. So go to Ancestry.com today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com for 20% off your DNA kit. And start building your story today. Ancestry.com. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Other headlines. Politico uh, was sent a list of witnesses willing to testify on behalf of Andy McCabe were he to be indicted. Mm. And they tweeted that list out. It was given to them by Andy McCabe's spokesperson. And then apparently uh, Politico was told or they said, um, I'm not sure, but the spokesperson contacted Politico again. Well, Politico then contacted them again a couple hours later to verify that this list was correct because they're going to publish it. And they said yes. And they tweeted it out. Um, but then the spokesperson got a hold of, of Politico again and said, uh, no, Brennan, Rice, and Holder don't want their names published on this list for some reason. And that's after, like I said, McCabe's spoke per- spokesperson already sent this list out and it was verified later that it was accurate. Uh, and these would be character witnesses, like I said, in the Department of Justice case against McCabe, provided they ever return an indictment, right? Mm-hmm. That's still up in the air. Um, and so here's some of the folks that are on the list, but it was it was just really odd that 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 was communicated and verified and then withdrawn. So that is weird. I also kind of feel like it's preemptive to send something like that since we don't even know if an indictment will be returned. It's kind of like a why speak something into the universe sort of thing. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is the spokesperson was trying to get it out to the media so that the Department of Justice would see all the people that are willing to testify on McCabe's behalf. Yeah. But um, the DOJ would just like or not the DOJ, but people that, you know, are Trump sympathizers would just spin that list anyway and say yeah. that it's a more of an argument for some sort of deep state conspiracy. Yeah. Or use it as you remember when uh, Trump targeted a bunch of people to remove their security clearance. Right. Um, which never happened, but it could happen again. Now, yeah. you're, you're putting targets on these folks backs. But so it's Eric Holder, John Brennan, James Clapper, David Cohen, former deputy director of CIA, John Cohen, former acting undersecretary for intelligence. Uh, and Department of Homeland Security, James Cole, former Deputy Attorney General, Robert Hawley, former Special Agent in Charge, Chicago Field Office, Alejandro Mayorkas, former Deputy Secretary, Department of Homeland Security, Mary McCord, former Acting Assistant Attorney General for National Security, uh, Dennis McDonough, former Chief of Staff to President Obama, James McJunkin, great name, former Assistant <laughs> Director in Charge of Washington. The Washington Field Office of the FBI, uh, Lisa Monaco, former assistant to the president for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism, Susan Rice, former national security advisor under Obama, uh, Catherine Rummler from the White House Council, and Michael Steinbach, from f- he's the former executive assistant director for national security for the FBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and so they sent that list out, and then they were told, why did you do that? Because now Brennan Rice and Holder want their name secret or they're refusing to testify at all it's just this weird drama that's playing out and i'm not sure what's going on but yeah i know brennan's personally gotten (laughs) flack for trying to come out of some sort of like media whore basically excuse the use of that word yeah but everybody's Um, uh, trump's gonna say that about all these people like you said right right yeah i wonder if maybe they're like eh, maybe i'll just not add this to the list of things that i have to defend right now yeah, or it, they might not have even said anything. I, I, we don't know what went on behind the scenes over at you know in the Andy McCabe camp with the spokesperson releasing the list mm-hmm. and then and then getting 
verifying it than getting mad because people don't want to be on it anymore. We don't know if those people contacted the, True. their office or what happened. Yeah, if they just made like an executive decision to release the names yeah. without talking to the people Or on maybe the list. they got a bunch of phone calls like, you didn't ask us if we could, yeah. if you could release our names. That's not cool. And then so then she tried to do cleanup. I, and that's all speculation. I, I want, want, want everyone to be clear about that. I mm-hmm. do not know what has gone down other than what's been reported from Politico. Um, but I am in contact with my sources, and uh, I will keep everybody posted. Nice. Somebody made a boo-boo. I think so. Uh, my beans are on him not getting indicted, but... Um, I feel like every person who's ever even come into contact with him could be on that list, if it's if they're character witnesses. Yeah. He's just like a universally liked... Right? Like, I don't think we've really read... I haven't personally read things about him that are even remotely seem to be like critical of his character interesting is who's missing from the list jim comey um you know he's had a lot on his plate the last couple of years yeah he also might not be the best character witness right right yeah that and also since he's like very closely adjacent to his own case maybe they're just like well this isn't credible for whatever reasons i might be a prosecution witness because apparently it was mccabe who said he told comey about the wall street journal article about the clinton emails and comey said he doesn't he doesn't recall that um so you know but then of course lisa page has testified and of course struck and page aren't on here because their names have been dragged through the mud Mm -hmm. i also don't see any of the comey five on here because they've been targeted by the president in the media <clears throat> so that's like Baker, Bente, Gaddis, Bodich, um, yeah, Rybecki. Yeah, I imagine they have to compile a list of people that are pretty much entirely objective to the matter at hand in that case specifically, not to McCabe himself as a person. Yeah, but I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted. I'm I'm not sure. As it unfolds, I will let you know what happens. So um, it is now time for a little Schadenfreude. Do you know what schadenfreude is? No, I do not know what schadenfreude is. Please tell me because I'm dying to know. It's a German term for shameful joy. Okay, so notorious asshole and far-right moron racist Milo uh, is back in the news after crying about being broke. Um, <laughs> you remember when he oh, yeah. said, I'm broke, and he kicked <laughs> me off Twitter, he kicked me off Facebook, and kicked me off everything. Now I can't go anywhere except Telegram. Huh? Did you read the screenshots? I saw them on Twitter a couple weeks ago of him like in this empty Telegram thread being like, hey, is anyone in here? Is this even active? Why do I waste my time here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes. It's that dark corner of the bullshit internet that he's been relegated to because yeah. everyone's banned him from everything. <laughs> well, so now he's been dissed by the furries. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so from They're Jared- accepting of everyone. <laughs> Not Milo. <laughs> Uh, and Jared Holt uh, at Right Wing Watch has the scoop, right? He he saw an email screenshot that Milo posted on Telegram from Saturday claiming he registered for the Midwest Fur Fest, which is a convention <laughs> for furry fandom in Chicago. Furries are folks who have interest in animal personas with human characteristics, and they, dra- and they do this via costume or art. And the convention got some pushback from attendees when they found out Milo Yiannopoulos was Cohen. And then uh, it, it was quiet for a bit, but then Holt reported he got a statement from the Midwest Fur Fest uh, convention saying, quote, The board of Midwest furry fandom, <clears throat> consistent with our posted code of conduct, has rescinded Mr. Yiannopoulos' registration. He is not welcome to attend this or any future Midwest Fur Fest event. <laughs> <clears throat> Banned for life. That's Yiannopoulos. While you were telling that story, I pulled up my picture from Burning Man of the furry bar oh, that sad. I went to. 
Oh, uh, oh my god! Got a real soft spot in my heart for you guys. Thanks for the hot dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, this that's is... interesting. I feel like they'd be vegetarians. Yeah, <laughs> seems a little cannibalistic. It does. But hot dogs are made of all animals, so maybe they're inclusive. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's the only meat they will eat. Lips and assholes. Is, so said. everyone's going down together with the same ship. <laughs> hot dogs are okay. <laughs> I think it's like this is. There's amazing. a little of all of us in this hot dog. <laughs> It's more of like a sacrificial thing. <laughs> the uh, the like inclusivity of some of these like fringe communities is like w- what makes them so special. Like it- it's like welcome to all, but that's the point. Welcome to all. And so if you're someone like Milo who tries to show up to something like that, where you know it's supposed to be a safe space to be your weird self, and someone who is clearly hateful and judgmental and shitty is going to be there, then yeah. you're like, nah. And I see that that's kind of where their terms of service would be. Like we uh-huh. accept all, unless you don't accept all. Right. Bye. Exactly. And um, that was a cool thing about Seattle. Like every restaurant, every place we went to had a little sign on the door that says, we accept and embrace this, 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 this. Everyone's welcome. No hate. Fuck off. No assholes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Uh, And let's see what else. The Daily Beast uh, reports that Steve has had mysterious links. It has a mysterious link to Epstein's model scout, Jean-Luc Brunel. Uh, apparently, Steve Mnuchin is listed as the official state point of contact for Next Management Corporation. That's the company formed by the Epstein Associates, uh, Jean-Luc and his brother something, in 1988. Uh, at the time, Jean-Luc was the subject of a 60 Minutes document- documentary accusing him of drugging and raping at least three models. Oh, my God. And later, he was accused by two women of supplying girls to Epstein. Steve is listed as the New York Department of State for Jean-Luc's agency. So he would be the person who files for the company's registration papers and responds to lawsuits and other official documents on behalf of the company. The Treasury Department says Steve was totally unaware he was the process point of contact for, what is it, Next Management Corporation, but they did confirm he's a longtime friend of Faith Cates, and that's another co-founder of the agency with Jean-Luc, the guy who was accused of all the nastiness. Huh. And do you know what exactly that agency did? Like officially, the modeling agency. Yeah, and officially they're, they're a modeling agency. Just, but it just, was apparently where uh, he would hunt for right. girls for Epstein. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. These people are all connected. <laughs> they are. It's weird. One hundred percent. That's so gross. And it's like, even if you weren't fully aware of the fact, maybe that you were in that position for that company, the fact that you are so close to them that they would put your name on there without telling you sketch makes you even closer to them yeah. than if you <laughs> that's like oh yeah that's my boy i'll yeah. just put his name down it'll be fun yeah. i'll explain it to him later no problem my emergency contact is vice president Pence. right yeah and i'm not this is uh, probably i don't want to sound offensive here and I'm just asking the question if any investigative journalists have looked into whether or not Mnuchin's wife was a part of that modeling agency. Uh, and I and I asked that based on a lot of stereotypes and prejudices, and I apologize for that. But I'm, I'm interested to, to know. She's very young. I hate to do this because if they're in love and they're wonderful and they're people. It's a curiosity. And, but I'm, I'm just wondering if, if, if there's anybody in Mnuchin's life that maybe has worked for this modeling agency or why he would be put down as mm-hmm. as the point of contact with State Department in New York. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I know that a lot of people are models and they have, you know, 100% of their own agency throughout the entire process and it's it's empowering and it's great. Unfortunately, it's also a really great place to find people that might be willing 
to and this is I'm not talking about underage girls here, but even just like regular folks that <laughs> regular folks of age yeah of age folks yeah right that that Adults. might that might be you know willing to go into some sort of sex work thing that makes a fuck ton more money it, it's just it's kind of just a fact it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna go to like a McDonald's to recruit for that going to a, a modeling agency makes more sense yeah and that that's kind of just how it is and that sucks. The thing is, too, to something else to keep in mind, which um, I realize I'm listening to a podcast right now about the Jeffrey Epstein case. And um, when you are brought over as a model um, from a foreign country, you are often then like any other immigrant who's tied to an employment visa, kind of stuck with that particular employer um, because of your your immigration status. And you have to work off your immigration. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So like if you were like hired as a model from another country and you came over here and you were like terrified to lose your visa, you would do whatever you needed to do to stay with that company. That is literally human Mm -hmm. trafficking. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what that is. Yeah, exactly. What Epstein was doing. Yeah. So Um, gross and sad. And in this next story, we have something else that's interesting, too. Um, We have some P-tape news. Oh, (laughs) bringing it back. (laughs) Uh, Old school. (laughs) A former KGB chief named Oleg Kalugin says that the the rush <laughs> so, so close to collude Oleg Kalugin yeah he's <laughs> Rudy Kaludi and Kalugin and uh, he says Russia has compromising information on Trump including documents from Trump's visits to Russia and the compromise is with girls and prostitutes and he says quote Russia's KGB has a very long memory and can wait decades before it uses compromise Trump knows this uh, unquote um, Kalugin says the KGB assigned girls to sleep with foreigners, including and especially visiting Americans, especially the wealthy ones. <laughs> and he didn't rule out that uh, his wives, Trump's wives, both from modeling agencies, may have been recruited by the KGB. Yeah. Wow. Hey, politicians, you know how they say, like, before you go on a first date to, like, jack off? Maybe do that before you go to uh, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, like from something so about Mary. Yeah, so you're not tainted. There's something you're, about Maria. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> it's like, don't go to the grocery store while you're hungry. Like, don't go to Russia while you're horny. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. The shit, the shit that people will do, dude. Don't go to Russia <laughs> while you're horny. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, but this guy is, is actually putting it, floating it out there that... Um, <clears throat> that Trump might have met his wives by having them sent to him from modeling agencies by Dimitri Symes. And we know Symes. Um, he's the one who may have supplied the, the girls in these instances, specifically to Trump. This is consistent with the Christopher Steele memos. And Symes, Symes comes up in the Mueller report quite a bit because he reportedly edited Trump's foreign policy speech at the Mayflower Hotel. That's the one where everybody involved in the, the Middle East Marshall Plan, where they want to give nuclear secrets to Saudi Arabia, started. That's where that whole thing kind of came to fruition where everyone was there in the same room so Mm -hmm. interesting very interesting wow and if and if that was in the Mueller, uh because Mueller talks about symes and the policy speech but he doesn't mention anything about symes recruiting models or his mention in the steel dossier or anything like that that would be counterintelligence stuff that would be handed off to the fbi Mm -hmm. 40 or so fbi agents fbi agents that were co-located with the Mueller investigation so that they could take these counterintelligence um issues and Mm -hmm. and report them to the fbi because they kept that separate um because this would be like nail on the head something that would make trump an asset Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see reports from the FBI of people who have been like successfully blackmailed by Russia. 
or mm-hmm. or just just stuff like that, right? Because if they are doing it as often as they just suggested that they are, then there's got to be documentation of that, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see what it looks like. Yeah, unfortunately, since not it's like all the actual videos intel. and photos, but like <laughs> like what kind of right? <laughs> right. <laughs> don't need to see the videos. Thanks. No, definitely not. Although a lot of people want to see that P tape. Yeah, but I wish that was public information because then it'd be easier to convince people that it's conceivable that this stuff is happening with people that are in Trump circle. Yeah, and a, a lot of this has been uh, declassified, um, like with the struck and the you know what they turned into the Americans, Anna Chapman. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all been let out there since it's over. Um, but yeah, you also have to be, be careful to protect sources and methods and, and investigative techniques and, and uh, trade craft and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's something we rarely ever get to see unless you're an FBI agent. So and in fact, our one FBI agent patron. He doesn't talk to us anymore. He's not, you know, not because he doesn't want to, but mm-hmm. I, you know, because he, you know, because he knows what I'll be asking him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do wonder. I wonder if we'll ever get to a point with politicians where they just double down on something that's blackmail, that's like sexually related. You know, it's come. Uh, Whitney Cummings is coming to mind. The comic we talked about her for a little bit. Someone tried to blackmail her with her own nudes that she accidentally posted on Snapchat, and then. She was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm just going to release them then. Like, you can't have power over me. They, they wanted her to send them, like, I don't know, $50,000 or something ridiculous. But I wonder if politicians will ever get to a point where they'll be like, this is 2019. I feel like people will be okay with this. And then they'll just let it fly anyway. And then if these countries would lose any sort of... it would, That's only logical to me considering stuff like grab her by the pussy isn't getting people out of office. And there seems to be more tolerance just for things like that nowadays. I wonder how long that can actually be something that will be lauded over politicians. Huh. Yeah. I, well, the, 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 this guy, this ex-KGB chief says they they, they have a long yeah. memory and they keep it for a long time. So, mm-hmm. uh, And that reminds me, there was another story um, that dropped this morning that was pretty huge. And it's about, um, oh, let's see, during the transition, Trump opposed Obama's sanctions against Russia for hacking the FBI. Uh, communications and there's an exclusive out from Yahoo News which is probably Isakoff let me check it out here um, nope this is uh, Dorfman McLaughlin and Naylor and basically they have the exclusive that Russia carried out a stunning breach of FBI communication systems uh, escalating the spy game on US soil basically around the time sometime before 2012 uh, the Russians were found out how to hack the FBI's internal communication encrypted devices and because the FBI, when they are out in the field doing their stuff, they if you want to communicate securely, you, you have to carry around all this bulky equipment. And so they started communicating on those flip phones with walkie-talkies in them that were supposed to be secure, uh, and they were encrypted. But apparently the Russians figured out how to hack it. Hmm. And so what that means is that it's the implications are enormous here. Um, it means that the Russians could have been listening to any communications by anyone in a skiff, like congressmen's, congressmen's, uh, congresspeople or senators um, or FBI agents, and so they would know, you know, where they were at. And these people mostly stayed at those two compounds that Obama ousted um, after they, we found out that Russia hacked our elections. Um, that was the sanctions. Those are the sanctions that Flynn called Kislyak about, and that might be why we aren't allowed to hear those um, hmm. voicemails. But. <clears throat> apparently, um, if you think about it, remember when Lindsey Graham was uh, asking um, somebody at the, the office of DNI, um, Director of National Intelligence, like, if somebody's got 
somebody's listening in my conversations, would you tell me? If somebody's listening to my conversation, you're going to tell me? You're going to tell me about it? And the, and the guy's like, look, we're, we, we're following up on your request. You made this request. We're looking into it. Um, and he wouldn't let it go. And I, and when you think about Lindsey Graham just flipping all of a sudden on, you know, after that golf game with Trump or M- Mitch McConnell um, seemingly beholden to Russian interests or uh, Matt Gates or Mark Meadows or Devin Nunes or any of these guys, <clears throat> it makes you like, and these are super space beans here, but if Russia had these guys' conversations and had compromise on them, on them and then went to Trump and said, here's how you control your party, we have compromising stuff on Lindsey Graham, we have it on Mitch McConnell, we have it on da-da-da, we have it on da-da-da, um, then that could be something that would flip them or be, be able to, because we've been saying forever, they're blackmailed, they have to be blackmailed. We were saying it was because when the when the Russians hacked the DNC and DCCC servers, they also hacked the RNC. And we know they got Lindsey Graham emails and they got a bunch of other stuff. And we were like, Trump's using that to blackmail them into subservience. But it also, they had these, um, uh, they had the ability to decrypt these communications from FBI officials. So that could be <clears throat> huge. And I don't know if this is connected to the recent news about the whistleblower in the intelligence community that, um, uh, Joseph McGuire, the acting director of national intelligence, blocked um, the intelligence community's inspector general report from going to Congress. So Schiff is subpoenaing that now um, and also calling for the whistleblower to come talk to them uh, to still in. They, he would still afford the whistleblower his protections under the whistleblower act. But it's like how what is going on Mm -hmm. and if all these republicans are compromised couldn't they just all kind of get together and come out and say we're tired of the blackmail this is this is what's happening but apparently it would destroy their careers you know obviously because they've succumbed to it i don't know i you know i just don't i don't understand why they're not like fighting back right yeah what i mean when you say blackmail are you talking specifically like a certain kind of blackmail or just the the notion of blackmail across the board uh i mean like let's say the russians picked up a conversation lindsey graham had uh about his shell companies uh receiving donations right and from a foreign entity so stuff that's like actually okay and would not hold up in a criminal court of law (laughs) well so far that we know it should hold up in a court of criminal law but and then Trump had that information, and then Trump went to Lindsay on the golf course and said, I have this, you're going to be my man from now on, right? And did a loyalty ask with this compromise. He couldn't do it with Comey because there's no compromising material on Comey. Couldn't do it with McCabe. Those people he just has to fire. Everyone else he can get to do his bidding. Mm-hmm. It's very Putin-esque. <clears throat> it, it's so active measures, Yeah. right? It, that it's, it's stunning frankly uh semi-related did you i think you may have mentioned this to me yesterday but while we're talking about like security leaks and whatnot did you hear that in my home country of canada we had a top intelligence official like the former what is it the former uh, he was part of the canadian security intelligence service and he was like really high up uh who has been like leaking extremely important information Mm -hmm. like possibly messing with our election security yeah royal canadian mounted police yeah cameron ortiz is his name um, and like the news in Canada is like high alert. This is really bad. He stole extremely important information. So um, yeah, there's he's like also linked to Russia. So yeah, so you have it too. Damn, we sure do. Congratulations. I think you caught it from us. <laughs> um, you guys, we have a really really great hashtag and a couple more headlines. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Hey, this is AG from The Daily Beans, and I want to tell you about an offer from Skillshare. Uh, Skillshare first, let me tell you about it. It's an online learning community uh, for creators and hustlers and lifelong learners, people who want to keep learning um, and keep keep their skills up. And they offer thousands of options with the convenience of online classes. So you can take them anywhere where you're at. You can be, it doesn't matter if you're traveling or at home or at uh, the coffee house, you can take these classes. And they have more than 25,000 courses, and, and they cover all sorts of areas, including technology, design, business, um, you know, uh, creating, and you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity and your career. You can take classes in social media marketing. That's a huge thing right now. I know a lot of podcast networks seeking really, really talented social media marketers. You can do mobile photography, uh, creative writing, or even illustration. And when you're looking to discover a new passion or start a side hustle, uh, you're, or just gain new professional skills, they're there to keep you learning and thriving. Uh, I recently took a creative writing course because after my uh, dissertation, I got into this really active voice, boring, milk toast sort of uh, way of writing, and I wanted to get back to the creative writing that I, you know, that I I knew I knew is in me, and so uh, I thought. I'll, I'll just do it. And it was great. The interaction was great. It was very personal. It was easy to understand, easy to follow, easy to use. Um, and I'm also planning on taking some sound and video editing courses too. So uh, gird your loins for that. Um, and, you know, maybe some social media marketing. That, that wouldn't hurt either because I don't understand a lot of things on Instagram. Uh, and I think that it would be very helpful. But lifelong learning is really important to me. I, I, I need to stay current with the changing business models. And um, I want to be able to adapt and stay relevant. I like the Skillshare model because it's affordable. It's convenient. And right now they're offering uh, Daily Beans listeners two months of Skillshare for free. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans for two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans to start your two months now. Uh, last time, Skillshare.com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Also from the Washington Post, Democrat and chair of the House Appropriations Committee, Nita Lowy, is proposing to block Trump's request over its farm bailout program, according to a draft legislation which um, Washington Post got a hold of and and was able to look over. This could imperil Trump's ability to direct payments to thousands of farmers. The bailout was created in 2018 amid complaints from farmers that China stopped buying their crops in response to Trump's tariffs. And Trump ordered billions of taxpayer dollars to be given directly to the farmers to make up for his shitty trade war. And unfortunately, these appropriations exceed the limit. And so this part of the new legislation to fund the government through November, uh, Lowy left out the Trump request that would allow the White House to go over their $30 billion spending cap that they are expected to hit in the fall. Republicans have threatened to shut down the government if the farm bailout is not included or if any limits are placed on the funds. So get this, you know, I mean, we always shut down the government because they, the Republicans don't want to raise the debt ceiling. But now they want to raise this ceiling so that they can send more taxpayer dollars to farmers. And according to Fortenberry, the ranking Republican, uh, Mr. Fortenberry, <laughs> the ranking Republican on the Appropriations Committee, he says, quote, farmers have been hurt and the government is appropriately responding. But what he fails to mention is the farmers have been hurt because of the government and because of Trump, and now they want to appropriate our tax dollars to make up the difference. Mm -hmm. That's just them trying not to alienate their base, (laughs) you know? 100%. They should have to prove how their tariffs have done anything for the American economy, Mm -hmm. and it should have to... I mean, to do that, it has to go through that committee first, right? And then from there, it goes to the full House floor? Uh, I I think this is Senate appropriations. Oh, sorry. I thought you said House. My bad. Okay, so... Maybe. Let me check. House. Sorry. House right? Appropriations Committee. Yeah. So then 
everyone's going to have to vote on it eventually, right? It wouldn't probably it wouldn't just go through committee and then. Yeah, but the, the Democrats are saying we're not going to allow you to raise this cap. And the Republicans are saying if you don't, we're going to shut down the government by not signing your budget. Right. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's or because we can't agree on a on an appropriation. Yeah, bill. I guess that's not a budget an appropriations bill. Yeah, I guess that's all I'm saying is like to even start to try to get the House Democrat support on this. You should have to provide some sort of quantifiable evidence as to how these tariffs are helping anybody. Yeah. And how the subsidies aren't a direct repayment of your stupid trade war deficits Mm -hmm. yeah and uh trump said today this is new uh that iran is most likely responsible for the oil field attacks in saudi arabia he tweeted out over the weekend in case you didn't see it that our military is locked and loaded and ready to assist saudi arabia of course no one believes him and this seems like a wag the dog situation to me uh trump says he doesn't want to go to war but he's not taking anything off the table and he did tweet in 2012 that obama would start a war with iran just to win his election so he knows that wars win elections Uh, I'm not sure if that's connected to VP Pence's mystery visit to the White House on Sunday, but even with John Michael Bolton gone, uh, I'm very concerned that Trump could start a war. Those guys have nukes. (laughs) Or do you think he's just bluffing? I think it perfectly fits into his narrative that he's trying to spin right now, Hmm. that Iran is to blame for everything. They don't technically have nukes. The Obama-Iran agreement prevented them from enriching the uranium. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know what they've developed since Trump's been in office. I was going to say, but now that yeah. doesn't really exist anymore. So Yeah. I mean, it does give... I mean, the thing is, he, we, he needs an enemy for people to unite behind for the next election. And, you know, creating conflict or creating additional conflict is obviously helpful to as a winning strategy mm-hmm. for his base. So it makes sense. It's terrifying, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, to put out something that starts with most likely, as much as he does, yeah. is offensive (laughs) it's offensive to your very nature it is it is don't i don't want to hear what like like i'm trying to remember if obama ever put out statements like that and if he did how like infrequent it would be and how carefully worded it would be but just the fact that he's coming out saying we just have you know me and all my intuition my global intuition that i've built up over my lifelong career in politics yeah uh <laughs> i just feel like it's iran but he's balked before remember when fire and fury the likes of next have never been seen mm-hmm. you know he's balked before he's bluffed before yeah, and, totally. and that's also a problem because now he's the president who cried war with iran mm-hmm. i will say though admittedly i do not know enough about the situation to have any idea who <clears throat> who did it or what's going on so <laughs> i will say that i mean i know it's being reported but i i don't know yeah most of the stories about it are coming out of the white house so mm-hmm. it also gives him a convenient narrative through which to align to saudi arabia yeah um, yeah yeah to further align with saudi arabia who are obviously huge human rights abusers etc mm-hmm. um it's kind of funny like you were saying that you you're like oh obama would never get away with you putting on I, I think this every day of his presidency mm-hmm. so far like obama would have never gotten away with this and it sort of feels like i don't know when i was a teenager and I lived with my mom. My parents were divorced. And I was like, oh, it's so boring here. Like, I want to go with my fun parent. Like, mm-hmm. And then I got there and I was like, this is chaotic. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I wish we could have our boring parent back. Yeah, the crazy uncle. Well, yeah, I want, the, I want boring dad back, please. Yeah. Please. yeah. <laughs> well, and like how Obama would work is he would lift up all of the people that he selected for good reason to head certain agencies and hold certain positions so that when things like this were happening, he didn't have to come out and run his mouth and be the person that's directing the entire national sense. Yeah. unless we needed that but I, like yeah. and we don't have a a, a, a national security advisor mm-hmm. uh, and, and we don't have a dni 
uh, it's terrifying. I by no means like agreed with everything Obama did, obviously, but at the same time, I feel like the people he put in charge of different departments, I like trusted them right. fundamentally. Yeah, and I wasn't like w- waking up every day like wondering why. Well, that's because his EPA secretary didn't want to dismantle the EPA, and his <laughs> yeah. interior uh, secretary didn't want to drill in oil fields and national parks. And it's like it's just the opposite. Yeah. like he just put the, his, his uh, education secretary isn't. Um, a pro-private education person. So I'm curious to see what plays out with this Saudi Arabia situation. Yeah, it, uh, I'm a little scared, but um, we have each other. Uh, <laughs> let's get social. Hashtag. Okay, a little bit of content warning for sexual assault, but you might get a laugh out of this one. So, you know, six and one half dozen. Uh, trending again with the hashtag impeach Kavanaugh is Ben Shapiro, who argued today that the allegations uh, aren't credible because none of the victims have described Kavanaugh's genitals. Uh, he says that because Stormy Daniels described Trump's dick and people described Clinton's dick, but no one's described Kavanaugh's dick, that it's not, it's, you know, it's just suspect. And he says, well, that's not dispositive. He feels it's fishy. And uh, the tweets, but what he seems to say there is like that if if all you got to do is describe somebody's dick, then Stormy Daniels described Trump's dick, so he's guilty. Like that's. It sounds like he's almost doing some sort of meta commentary or something. Yeah, it's that like that's the only way to get people to believe you, maybe. But I don't know. That's giving him way too much credit, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't imagine him actually saying that because normally he prides himself on being a fucking smart person or whatever. He did. yeah. yeah, it's really... but in BC, like, and not be, uh, yeah, he's not being ironic about it. He did use the word dispositive, which I think was his calendar word of the day. So, um, the tweets are hilarious. Uh, Jessica Valenti says, "Women, if you're being sexually assaulted, make sure you take a close look at your attacker's dick because Ben Shapiro wants to know exactly what it looks like." And uh, man in the hoodie imagines this conversation: "Me, hi, I want to return this television." Ben Shapiro, who is a Walmart cashier, <laughs> do you have the receipt? Me. Nah, I lost it. Ben Shapiro. Bullshit. Show me your dick. <laughs> um, T-Pain says Ben Shapiro will not be satisfied until he's seen Brett Kavanaugh's genitalia personally. Uh, the, the tweets are amazing. Um, so go hit up social media and look at the Ben Shapiro stuff and then hashtag impeach Kavanaugh. And it's just so weird to me. Like, so victims are not only because there's a, there's a big thing where the Republicans are saying, you know, it doesn't count unless you report it to the police. Right. And, you, you know, this thing, this. Yeah zeitgeist this trope that's going around that your rape isn't legitimate unless you report it to the police and you have to report it to the police or it didn't happen um i think those people fail to realize or they do realize and are just assholes that Mm -hmm. that's not always feasible and this new allegation is the one about him coming and exposing himself to an entire party of people and putting his dick in someone's hand yes cool and she didn't describe his (laughs) dick cool (laughs) um yeah, but now, so, you know, all these, you know, you have to report, but now apparently you have to sit with a composite sketch artist and get a rendering of your attacker's dick, you mm-hmm. know, to put out on the news. I, it makes no sense. Reminds me of, I think that happened in um, The Office. <laughs> um, was it Dwight Schrute? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Dude, y'all men think your dicks are way too special. <laughs> a freaking dick is a dick, dude. There's like well, that's there's like a few characteristics that maybe would stand out, but for the most part, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't I couldn't do a sketch dick drawing of like any of my dicks. partners. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a shriveled up dick. There were some balls there. Yes. Uh, that was kind one of, of me, one of our listeners. Pubes. One of our listeners <laughs> yes. tweeted that out. They she she tweeted at me and she's like 
oh my god i'm sitting here i've been married for 22 years i've had seen my husband's dick like thousands of times and i can't describe it to you i'm like right it just looks like a dick yeah and uh and then she says yeah we're sitting here as i'm talking to him trying to describe it and i am dead i can't believe this is my life um it's just i don't know there's so many there's so many jokes especially at that age i feel like once you get older is when you start to really see the trajectory of your dick change you know into like <laughs> like literally yeah it's like yeah maybe it's like it's fundamental characteristics but when you're like a young dick like that like your balls just barely dropped yeah you're just like you're going off a fresh dick and there's it's no defining characteristics not the... really you haven't developed into your own dick person yet. you could name your dick justice <laughs> so that you can say the arc of justice is long but it bends to the left I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then maybe what? what's next? Dick profiling? Also, yeah. Like dick Ben Shapiro, dick cop. Mm-hmm. Out there nabbing dicks because mm-hmm. they fit the description. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know. I love that. That is, someone's definitely made this joke before, but just like a lineup of dicks, like selecting a dick from a lineup. Obviously, there's a reason why people don't do that because it's not a credible way to identify anybody. <laughs> like otherwise, they just have. Can you yeah. describe the dick, ma'am? Mm-hmm. Did it have any distinguishing marks? <laughs> and it have like those height markers all along the wall, <laughs> <laughs> centimeters. <laughs> How tall is your dick? Uh, oh my gosh, <clears throat> that's so that's so fantastic. That's so weird because then, oh yeah, you'd have to get them hard to do it. <laughs> You have, a, you, have a, like, you have a police station, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Dick Fluffer. Oh, there's a room over there. Just take the material you need. Oh God! <laughs> Somebody tweeted, uh, "Can you describe the dick?" No, he was wearing a hood. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we move on from this story, I found this out just this morning. Um, that apparently, even though if you're a Supreme Court judge, you're given a seat on the uh, a seat for life, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Supreme Court. So, like, essentially, like. You are given a judgeship on a federal bench for life, but it doesn't mean you get to keep your Supreme Court seat forever. You could be like sent off to another federal seat. I don't know about that. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, please. Look I don't into think it. you can be removed from the Supreme Court really? uh, bench uh, unless you're impeached. According to like I, I saw a thing this morning, and, and please look into this. And I'm curious to find see what you find out. But apparently, like the way the Constitution is worded, it's like you get a federal judgeship for life, but it doesn't say that you get to stay in the Supreme Court necessarily. It just yeah, says see, that you that get doesn't really kind of make sense in bench. my head because. Once uh, he was no longer a federal judge and became a Supreme Court judge, Mm -hmm. he was no longer um, uh, beholden to the ethics of the federal court judges. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't beholden to the ethics of a federal court judge as a Supreme Court judge, Mm -hmm. how can you possibly send somebody back down to the Mm -hmm. federal court where you're, uh, you know, accountable to those ethics uh, and the rules? I don't know. We'll look into it. Yeah, definitely. If you know, hit us up, too. Um, send it over. It was um, just something I was discussing with Joelle yesterday. She was saying that she saw a segment on the news which about some specific wording in the Constitution about that, where they were like, maybe we could send him back to a lower court. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what you find out. Maybe that's what happened when they're impeached. Yeah. Maybe if you impeach a federal, if you impeach a SCOTUS, they don't go away. They uh, only kind they, of go They away. have to go down to a lower federal court. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the, um, you know, the Compromise. remedy. Yeah. The remedy for impeaching a Supreme Court judge when you were promised a, a seat for life. I don't know. Dick cop. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's a show. All right. <laughs> Any final thoughts? No. Just going to be thinking about shriveled up dicks for the rest of the day, probably. Sorry about that. 
I personally have a lot of stand-up shows coming up oh, these like next what? two weeks. Uh, well, tonight I'll be at Thor Street Brewing in Barrio Logan in San Diego, California. It's a great show. Um, oh, yeah. Tomorrow, Tuesday, I'll be at Good Bar in Point Loma. Excellent show. Uh, Wednesday, I'll be at the La Jolla Comedy Store on Best Of. I have heard of that club. Yes. Thursday, I will be at <laughs> Valentine's, which is, yeah. The Maria Herman? <laughs> yes, the Maria Herman show. Friday, I'll be at another Maria Herman show at Baybridge, I think. I love Baybridge. Saturday, I'll be at Twigs, another Maria Herman I show. I like Twigs. Um, it's right across the street from. Uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thursday, I'm headlining a bar show in Pacific Beach, which I don't remember what it's called. It's Next not, Thursday. Not Next Reds, Thursday. Is it? It's definitely, definitely. I no. am not Reds level. I'm not so Reds ready. Not for headlining. He done, gets like really good headliners for that done show. Vug, you can do. Um, and Reds. you will tweet these out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tweet and on my Instagram. And then that weekend. So not this weekend, but the weekend after that, I'm at Madhouse Comedy Club all weekend. And that's Instagram at Jordan Justine. Yes. And Twitter at Jordan's Confused. Yes. Sweet. Thank you. I have an October 23rd show at Venice Underground Comedy. Oh. And everything else Road I'm doing trip. with y'all. Hell yeah. So that's, that's it. That's fun. Where, when are your next shows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have none at this time. <laughs> All right. Um, well, and, and is that it for final thoughts? Just plug in shows? Uh-huh. Cool. Anything else? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a good time. And it was really awesome to meet some of the fans in Seattle and, you know, and get to show my face as the behind the scenes producer. Yes. Yes. Blue hair. You guys are all awesome. In case you forget. Easily recognizable. Now I can't dye my hair. I have to keep the blue. Yeah. And if you have, uh, if you're a dude, if you're a rapist, you definitely don't want to dye your pubes because then you'll be really easily recognizable. Yeah. If you have blue pubes. That's true. Because those are distinguishing marks. Mm Mm-hmm. For all those feminist men dying their pubes out there and raping people. Yeah. And then people, you know, dick prints maybe? Like take a take a cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when they do footprint stuff. I'm just, because you know I watch a lot of forensic files and listen to a lot of true crime. Everything's going to be about dicks now. Uh-huh. And, and dick cops. It would be harder to get away with rape if you had like a really <clears throat> noticeable pubes though. Like even not dyed, just like ginger. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> but like if you had ginger pubes, it would be a lot harder to get away with rape because that would be like really wrecking. You'd be like, dude, his whole genitals were like they were on fire. Like <laughs> really bright <laughs> pubes. Uh, and on that note, that was <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, if you like thought. shave a lightning bolt shape into it or something. Yeah. 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 You know, gingers have it rough out there, but not rape rough. <laughs> <laughs> all right <clears throat> on that note um <laughs> i love you guys uh, please <laughs> take care of each other take care of yourselves take care of the planet i've been ag i've been amanda reader i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans <laughs> the daily beans is produced by ag featuring jaleesa johnson and jordan coburn and engineered and edited by mackenzie mazell and starburns industries Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com.